0: Hello and welcome to Ed Show episode 135. My name is Simon May and I am your host for this particular show, which means that it is gonna be related to enterprise mobility in some kind of way. And you know, one of the things that people have been asking me about for many, many years is how can I take an application and make it more widely available? How can I make it available on different devices? How can I make it available when people aren't connected physically in the office? Is there some way of doing that? One of the ways that we've been able to do that in the past has maybe been with things like remote desktop services or VDI. And we've had some ways of doing that. But you know what? We're now in a cloud-first world. So maybe there's something inside of Azure that can help us do that. And in fact, there is. There's Azure Remote App. So joining me is uh, Eric Orman from uh, the Azure Remote App team. And we're going to be taking a quick lap through Azure Remote App and what it is. But you can kind of think of it as um, an application running in the cloud that's your own. You know what, I've really butchered that, so kind of, could you explain that for us? That's
1: exactly what it is. Um, I'm Eric Orman, I'm a senior program manager, and I primarily work on Azure Remote App. And uh, so that's exactly what it is. The way that I easily describe it is hosting Windows 32 applications from the cloud, and we um, stream those to your particular devices. It could be your Windows, your iOS, your Mac, your Windows phone, or even Windows-embedded devices. And we do that through the power of the remote desktop protocol and remote FX. And one of the great things and the promises that we have with Azure Remote App is being it's a, it's a first class service. So um, we take a lot of the complexity that you may uh, have had with on-premise RDS mm-hmm. deployments and we extrapolate that back so you don't have to configure DMZs and DNS forwarding and worry about load balancing and and all of that. We handle all that for you. The easiest way that I like to describe that is what O365 did for exchange. Mm-hmm. And so you airlift a lot of those capabilities and, and all you really need to bring is your identity so that's your at domain.com those are your users, and also your content. Uh, And so O365, it's your email. Uh, With Azure Remote App, it's your applications. And we host and we manage all that for you. And then, um, so taking that away, and we also auto-scale basically to meet the needs for that. So that was something uh, other great uh, feature that we have. And we do that through two different types of deployment methods. We have our hybrid deployment method, and we have our cloud deployment method. So I guess with a
0: application that most folks out there are going to be running, they're probably going to be thinking
1: a hybrid method
0: is going to be the thing they're going to be going for. There's going to be some kind of back-end data behind it.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, The hybrid is really catered towards our enterprise customers where they can use a uh, single sign-on experience, they get their uh, applications to access those back-end databases mm-hmm. uh, and, and file shares. And is it really that popular? Is it that we have lots of people wanting to do that or are you actually
0: finding that, hey, Most people, they're actually using applications which are talking to an internet-based
1: service. Uh, Most often, they are back on that uh, on-premises environment.
0: Yeah. Okay. Cool. So, what are the two differences? How do you get a a, um, a hybrid environment up and running there?
1: Yeah. Let's start with a cloud because okay. that's a little easier to explain. Simple. So, a cloud deployment it takes about six clicks, and I think you did that just recently. Yeah.
0: I just just started it off. So, uh, so we'll see if it gets its uh, gets its way completely deployed uh, by the end of uh, by the end of the
1: session. Yeah. So, really, with that, all you need to do is provide a name, the geolocation that you want to set it up, on, and then you need to pick an image. And so that image basically has your applications that you want to serve up as remote apps. If you have a custom application, then you need to create a custom template image, and we'll talk about that a little bit later on, but those are the the points. After that, you click OK. The service is going to provision, and the next thing that you need to do is assign users and applications and publish, publish them. Uh, And so the different authentication methods that you have is you can use um, Microsoft accounts. So Mm -hmm. your Outlook, your Hotmail, your Live, you can give people access to that. Um, You can then use Azure Active Directory, uh, and there's many different flavors of Azure Active Directory. Uh, You know, O365 accounts are really Azure Active Directory accounts on the back end, so those completely work. Um, You can use directory synchronized Active Directory accounts also, Uh, password sync, even third party vendors like Ping, Mm -hmm. that also works. Cool. and multi-factor authentication also. So basically, those are the different methods that you have, and the users just sign in using one of the types that they have been set up with, mm-hmm. and they get to access their applications and all the various clients.
0: And I noticed that when I was just creating my images that, uh, just there, I actually had three base images that I could choose from. I could choose from um, an Office 365 uh, Pro Plus image, um, I could choose from an Office um, 2013 Pro Plus image, and I could choose from uh, just a Windows Server 2012 yep. R2 image.
1: Those are our three uh, gallery images that are provided to you for you to use. Cool. So, and yeah. then, of course, if you want to have your own line of business application, you create your own custom image and upload that.
0: And that's presumably because most folks out there, their applications probably interact with Office in some kind of way. So there's probably some kind of route there. But if there's not, then you've got the plain old vanilla yep. um, Server 2012
1: r That's image. exactly. Yeah, the gallery images are really your friend. Cool. Very nice. So that's cloud. Hybrid Mm -hmm. requires three prerequisites. It requires that you have set up a a dedicated VNet within Azure, that you have configured a site-to-site VPN connection, Mm -hmm. and that you create a custom image. And what really happens behind the scenes is uh, after you have those set up and you create the Azure Remote App Service, uh, we create clones copies of those template images uh, into that VNet, and then we do a domain join through that VPN tunnel back to your on-premises or wherever that domain controller is located. So those endpoints are actually domain joined on your corporate network.
0: Oh wow! And so okay. then
1: later on, when you publish your applications and those users launch those applications, that goes back to your client server where they're accessing those databases or other file shares on the back end. It's just like they're they're on the corporate environment.
0: So just anything that's working with say NTLM-based authentication or traditional Kerberos-based authentication is going to work in that environment. Yes, exactly. Yeah.
1: Yep. Cool. Okay. It's, a, it's a great way to extend your corporate environment securely to the Internet.
0: And you mentioned the sense. VNet configuration there as well. Um, just There's a little bit of a difference there, isn't there, between the way that a um, cloud deployment works in terms of the VNets and a hybrid deployment.
1: Great point, yeah. With the cloud deployment, that VNet where the Azure Remote App instances are created, they're in a private VNet, so the only way that they can communicate out is over the Internet. Mm-hmm. And I have a great example of an application that we're going to run through here shortly to, to further explain that. I'd, that concept.
0: Awesome. Okay, but but in a um, uh, in a hybrid deployment, you create and configure your VNets. You can use your own subnetting, everything that you would. Yeah, like exactly.
1: That's part of the setup procedure to do that. Awesome. Okay. Excellent. Some other slides. So, how much does this cost? We have two basic plan. Uh, we have two plans. One's a basic and one's a standard plan. The basic plan uh, is ten dollars uh, a month per user, uh, and, and you never pay more than seventeen dollars a user over a, a cap price. Um, with the standard plan, it's $15, and then you never pay over a $23 per user on a cap price. These both do require to have a minimum of 20 users, mm-hmm. so you have to purchase 20 users uh, in order to, to use this. Yeah. It's a but standard plan for from that. From what
0: I've heard talking to some customers out there, actually that doesn't seem to be that big of a deal. They don't really mind, even though they, there's a few users that they're maybe not using initially.
1: To work yeah, really work these out, are very points. competitively uh, priced uh, against the marketplace.
0: Yeah, when you look at um, other uh, solutions that do something a little bit similar to this, uh, in other cloud services, it costs a lot more to get those things up and running than these kind of costs. So it's kind of cool, kind of nice that we can, uh, we can go there, and it's good that we've got these... Uh, you know, it was a very strange thing. As soon as we started moving to the cloud, it's like Microsoft became simple to work out in terms of license yeah. cost. We've made, really made everything a lot easier.
1: Yeah, and that's one of the other great things about Azure Remote App, is I get on a call with a lot of customers, and they're just amazed at how the simplicity of it is. We've, we've really taken the complexity out of deploying RDS and, and really simplified it down. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, it, and it's, it, to your point exactly, yeah. simplified. Um, so if you haven't tried it, mm-hmm. I would recommend go out and install the client. So you can navigate to remoteapp.windowsazure.com, uh, click on the link, uh, install a client, that would be our Windows client, it's a ClickOnce client, uh, or it'll redirect you if you're on your iOS or Android phone to the appropriate store. Download the client, mm-hmm. sign in using your Microsoft account, so that's your Hotmail account, your mm-hmm. live account, and then you'll see a deployment um, uh, f- with applications, like there's Office and Paint and WordPad or something, and you get to try those out for 10 minutes. So that's a great way to test drive very quickly uh, and get an understanding of the end user experience.
0: Yeah, and you can do that from any device as well, it actually works, you can Open up the client on an iPad.
1: Yep, go and use it's that. It's the perfect elevator pitch. Yeah, it is
0: really, really nice actually, and we've um, we've used it uh, a few times on the Endpoint Zone show just to just to literally show you how easy it is to uh, to do that kind of stuff. Um, so, uh, moving forward, what kind of um, uh, challenges have you seen with people creating and trying to
1: bring their apps across to uh, Azure Remote App? Um, the biggest thing that we have is you know after you get and you try the experience then you can go out and get our free trial and this is the administrative experience so Mm -hmm. this is where you would go set it up you could create your deployments uh, you can create your custom images uh, mm-hmm. that have your custom applications yeah. and put those on there. Uh, the most often thing, I think, to answer your question is that they're not sure which to choose. Do I, Is a cloud deployment good for mm-hmm. me or is a hybrid deployment good for me? And so walking through and understanding those differences are really key and important. Um, and we have an example here at the end of an application that'll, that I think, dive a little bit more into that.
0: Yeah, I think there's, a, there's probably a very good rule of thumb <laughs> to, to help you make that decision, I, I would guess.
1: Yeah. So, just going back really to Office uh, 365. So, Office 365 is supported in Azure Remote App, but the requirement is, is that you have an Office 365 Pro Plus plan. Mm-hmm. Now, that plan could be bundled um, with an existing, actually, it's bundled with all E3 and E4 O365 plans, but you can also buy it as an add on if you have the O365 business plan.
0: Yeah, and somebody, um, uh, somebody actually gave us a question as to why do you need Pro Plus? And- I think the answer is that actually it allows you to um, to do um, multiple users on the same machine. Yeah,
1: they call that shared computer activation. Yeah,
0: and, and you need that if you're going to be doing it on a, um, a on an RDS server on-prem as well. You need to be using ProPlus for exactly the same reason. Yep,
1: yeah. and actually those activations don't count towards the number of activations against your O365 subscription.
0: Oh, cool. Okay, that's super useful to know. I didn't yeah. realize that. Nice.
1: So we're talking really fast and we're going through this. Mm-hmm. I would recommend, you know, go out to... Uh, one of the other areas in Channel 9 and you can get the full, uh, it's a, about an hour and a half long presentation uh, that we did at TechEd Europe in Barcelona. And Tristan and Thomas um, gave that presentation um, and, and it goes into a lot more detail uh, than what we're talking about. Yeah. So I'd recommend go out and check that out if you want to do as a next step. Yeah,
0: it's got a, a huge amount of extra depth in there.
1: And speaking of going uh, a little bit deeper, our documentation—we have a, we've put a lot of effort into this. So go out to Azure; uh, they've made it really simple. Click on documentation, select Azure Remote App. Um, we've got lots of information out there. You know our FAQs, our best practices, how to create these cloud deployments and hybrid. You know what's in those images, um, and then just everything of how to configure Active Directory, how to publish apps, how to add users. Uh, we just posted last week how redirection works in Azure Remote App. And then, of course, we have a couple videos, so you actually can see a walkthrough. They're about three minutes long of how to, con- how to deploy a cloud deployment or even set up a hybrid deployment. So great places for learning and knowledge. Uh, cool. We'll continue on that. Okay.
0: We all love to, uh, to get our hands on the documentation and really get into the details. Yeah. So, uh, Very, very useful. So this is um, one, of the, one of the most interesting things, I think, um, that, uh, that you could possibly do. Take a, uh, a piece of software that I guess there's a reason why we were asked to, to do this piece of software and actually make it work inside of Azure Remote App.
1: Yeah, so uh, the most popular example that we get is, will QuickBooks work in Azure Remote App? So mm-hmm. let's just walk through what that looks like. So I took QuickBooks 2015 Enterprise, and um, let's see if that works. So. Let's back up a little bit. Instead Mm -hmm. of just diving to Azure Remote App, let's talk about um, the application, because you always start with the application to try to understand how it works, how it needs to access its data. So um, first thing with any application, you want to see if it's supported on your operating system platform. Mm -hmm. So Windows Server 2012 R2 is the base platform that Azure Remote App supports. So QuickBooks does support Windows Server 2012. Uh, and through QuickBooks documentation, they have three different types of deployments. And so let's run through those a little bit, because this will set context for later on. They have what they call their central server configuration. And so mm-hmm. let's say you've got your workers. And in each of these workers, they actually have QuickBooks installed. And they connect through standard Windows networking to the QuickBooks database server. And on that server, they have their company file. That's what QuickBooks calls their um, like their database. Yeah. Um, so that's their central server configuration. Then they have what they call their peer-to-peer configuration. It's almost identical to the central server, but that, that one machine that they're connecting to is another workstation. Mm-hmm. So through the same thing, standard Windows networking, they have one, two, three, four notebooks installed, and they're connecting to that. And
0: I guess you might, might find that in a, in a much smaller company. Yeah, yeah, yeah where yeah, they, they just don't, don't have any file servers around and that kind of stuff.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Uh, And the third one is the Remote Desktop Session Host. And so I think this is the one that people are most familiar with. You have a Windows Server um, installation. You've enabled the Remote Desktop Session Host. You've installed QuickBooks, QuickBooks Server. The company file resides onto that. And then each of the workstations just simply perform a native Remote Desktop connection to it. And so they get to work on it. These are the three configurations that they have on this. Um, The one unique thing about all these not unique, but the fact of all these, is all three require that the company file reside on uh, the database management server. So you actually need uh, Mm. a PC that's running, uh, that actually is hosting that Uh particular company file. So with that context, Mm -hmm. let's talk about, will this app work in Azure Remote App? So the first question we always ask, is QuickBooks installed on the gallery image? Mm -hmm. No. (laughs) Nope. you need a custom image for that. Uh, We've reviewed the QuickBooks deployment options, that was the previous slide. Uh, We've verified application support on Mm -hmm. Windows Server. Yes. Where is the QuickBooks data stored? And So as you call it, it needs another VM endpoint, Mm -hmm. uh, or another endpoint that has the QuickBooks database server uh, uh, running on that, Uh, and that's where the file is stored.
0: Aha, and that's going to be connectivity, presumably, over NTLM or Kerberos in, in this particular Standard case.
1: Windows networking is, yeah. is required for that. And so the fifth question is, how is that data access, accessed? Is it over the internet, local file system, or over a private network? And the answer to that is on a private networking. Uh, so you need standard Windows networking. And so going back to what you talked about earlier, in a cloud deployment, that would not work because those cloud instances for Azure Remote App are in a private VNet. So the only way that this will work Will be in a hybrid deployment Uh because a hybrid deployment; those VNet those instances are actually on your corporate network, Mm -hmm. and they could be easily accessible over standard Windows networking.
0: And presumably, as well, just to to add a little bit of clarity there, because folks might be thinking, "Well, why don't you just stand up the um, the database server instead of um, Azure IaaS?" And actually, it's still going to be on a different VNet. That's correct. That's the incredibly important thing there. So you would still have to connect those two Vnets together. So you'd still need a hybrid deployment
1: even if you were going to move it up into Azure IaaS. that That is completely yeah. correct. Yeah, yep. So you should get a, a good overview. Yep. Um, the great way to stay connected with us, um, we've got our feedback forum out here. Um, that's a great way to submit votes uh, or feedback items and then vote on other ones. Um, we as an engineering team prioritize and we look at that feedback uh, and we communicate with our people um, on, on their ideas that they submit. We've got our discussion forums. These are our standard Azure discussion forums out there. You could Q&A. We have subject matter experts. I'm, a, I'm often out there. Mm-hmm. So are other members of our product group. We talked about our documentation. These are great. And then uh, we've got our weekly Ask the Experts um, session out there. I typically facilitate those. Those are our, our continuing education series. And uh, we have a different session of the week. Uh, the next one is next Wednesday. It's on redirection. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that's just, we have the, these continuing education series on there that complement a lot of uh, the other items that we have up here.
0: And I'm going to make sure that all of these links actually end up in the show notes underneath the show and on the webpage. I'll give you the link to that at the end of the show. Excellent. Now, I think you've actually got a couple more doc links as well, which I'll make sure they go into the show notes as well. Uh, yeah, there's, there's, I, there's there they are they are a few are? more of them. Yeah, I'll make sure that all of these links go into the show notes so that you guys have got access to them. Um, Eric, thank you very much for coming along and doing the show, uh, yep. very much appreciated. Hopefully that's given you guys a view into Azure Remote App. You can go and give it a try. Um, please do go ahead and do that right now. Go and uh, grab hold of the trial, give it a go, and see where it might be useful inside of your enterprise so that you can make use of it. As always, um, there'll be a set of links accompanying the show down in the show notes and also on aka.ms mobilityedge for this particular show. I've been Simon May and I will see you on the next Edge Show that we talk about enterprise mobility.